Welcome back to the Footy Fix Podcast. I am your host, Ben Batello, and this is the first episode that I am doing in collaboration with Football Planet. You can find their Instagram under at FTBL Planet. It's the best footy account out there, and they're basically going to have these episodes on both the Football Planet channel and the Footy Fix channel, with additional content exclusively staying under the Footy Fix. So go to Instagram, follow at FTBL Planet, follow at Footy Fix Pod. It's all great content, and it's all footy. What's not to like? So you know what? Let's not waste any more time and get right into it. You know the drill. Cue it up. On today's episode, the boys are back. We got Stefano Simone, Mark Vicioso. Gentlemen. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, coming off that nice uh, Milan win this this weekend, I'm feeling like ready to go, feeling top of the table things. I haven't seen my boy Stefano in a while. <laughs> Steph, we're first to the table. What's going on, brother? I don't know, man. I don't know. City has lacking right now. I'm not liking the games too much. Oh, yeah, that big loss against Sampdoria just not sitting so well, is it? Um, the entire season's not sitting so well. In a good position, you're second. Mm. Not fun to watch. Not fun to watch. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, I got a question for you to start off. Currently sitting at third in City A, Roma is on fire. Do you see them finishing top four when it's all said and done? To be completely honest, I don't see Roma doing anything of no and no top four finish. A top six finish will be good for them. Because Roma, they're just playing with the spare parts. Their coach, Paolo Fonseca, manager, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. he's doing so much with so little. Like, you can only get away with so much when you're playing uh, in the back. Who, do you, who, who are their center backs? They have... Um, Smalling and Mancini. Yeah, you can only get so yeah, far yeah. with Smalling and Mancini. And although I like Dieco and I like, the, I like Mkhitaryan, he's playing well there, it doesn't seem like a, a top-four team because I think Roma's period has passed. Like... When they got to the Champions League semifinal against Liverpool, I think that was their peak. And then they're slowly just going down, down. In the t- and even though they're third right now, I think that at some point they'll just fall apart. Yeah, I mean, you look at Henrik Mkhitaryan. He's got eight goals, seven assists. So he's kind of the driving force of their success. And I do agree with you. It's just it doesn't seem sustainable to me. Although they're in a hot run of form. And it is a pretty competitive table right now. But I think, you know, maybe Europa League for them, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Steph, got one for you, buddy. Can Tottenham win the EPL with Jose Mourinho at the helm? It's going to be tough because the EPL is like so wide open this year. Mm-hmm. Um, legitimately, you can have six teams, all top six clubs in the EPL, all literally have a remote chance of winning it. Yep. Um, I'm not sure like the point margin between like Liverpool and like Chelsea, for example, but like, Man, I think it's so wide open. But like to your question, I think Spurs can definitely Spurs can definitely win it. Um, I think playing Jose Ball, they've adapted well to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've kind of bought into his uh, sit back and counter system, which I'm surprised worked. Like Harry Kane's been unbelievable this year. Um, Son's been great too, and you know they've had a nice. A nice season so far, but um, it's going to be tough. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that they can definitely win. 
I think that they can win the uh, the EPL. Yeah, no, no doubt. For sure. I mean, like you look at Kerry Kane, you look at uh, Son, just two players on fire right now. Probably the best duo in the Prem right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think they're they're they. Kerry Kane's got what eleven goals, ten assists. Son's got twelve and seven. And a guy who's right? yeah, a guy who's really surprised me this season. Uh, and Dombele. He's been really, right. really good. Yeah. He's I been really, really good. The only problem with him is that he's got no stamina. Like, he's literally <laughs> off every game in, like, the 70th minute, and he's just dead tired. But he's a good player. He's a good player for sure. Oh, yeah. You got to give him a little training session with Conte and get that stamina up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so our first topic of the day, we got Lionel Messi and Barcelona. In the past two games, Messi has scored four goals, and it seems that, that not only himself, but we got Griezmann and Barcelona as a whole are clicking – and looking dangerous. So with that being said, if this form continues, if this hot run of form keeps on going, do they pose a threat for La Liga, and do they pose a threat for the UCL? Mark, mm. you can start this one off, buddy. Uh, if I'm being honest, Barca, they, I think they took some time to get over the initial fact that, like, you know, Lionel Messi, he's probably going to leave in the summertime. Mm. Like, let's just, it's just an inevitability at this point. But I think now Messi is just, I watched his game against, uh, they played, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Granada. Yeah, and he scored the wonderful free kick, and you can just see that the team—it goes how Messi goes. So Messi's in a nice run of form, and you can see him going and top in La Liga. But if you look at La Liga, Atletico Madrid, like their defense is too strong right now. They have the, the Simeone ball is working magic, and Madrid don't look as the regular selves. So even though you can say Atletico and Real, it's for them. Barca, I think Max they can get his a top three, top four finish. And then UCL, I think it's going to depend on the draw because last year we saw them get Napoli in the first round of 16, and then they got Bayern Munich, and then Bayern Munich completely destroyed them. Yeah, we know so, what happened there. And now you, they have PSG in the first round of 16. So I don't think that really they're going to pose much of a threat in the UCL, but with Lionel Messi, you always got to take that into account that they could. But in my opinion, I don't think they have it this year. Yeah, I, I part of me agrees with you, and then part of me sees games like this where they're they're outstanding. You know, Griezmann's on the board with an with an assist and two goals. Messi's on the board with two wonderful goals again for the second game in a row. But this La Liga table, it's just weird because Atletico and Madrid are four points up on uh, Barca, but they have three games in hand. They played 15 games and they got the most points in the league. And then you got Madrid, who's three points behind them, but again. They're, they've played 18. Atletico have only played 15. So it's going to be close the entire way. But when it's all said and done, Atletico are still going to have the opportunity to play three more games. So that's said and done for La Liga. And in terms of Champions League, you're absolutely right. It's, they're only going to go through PSG if PSG beat themselves. And unfortunately, that's usually what they do in the Champions League anyways. So it, it, I don't know. It's going to be a fun one to watch. And that Maybe is, there's a Pochettino factor in there. Pochettino the po- the Pochettino factor is a huge factor. He's an excellent coach, and PSG can fully win that that draw, and they can fully, you know, figure their, themselves out and become a European power like they're supposed to be. But um, PSG is another landing, a potential landing spot, I should say, for Lionel Messi. So if he goes in that matchup and he plays well and he sees, wow, you know, this team is really good. We got my fellow Argentine Mauricio Pochettino at the helm. I got my buddy Neymar, right? I got all these guys. Maybe I'm just the one. Yeah, I'm the I'm the X factor in this team. What do you what do you think, Steph? What do you think about Barcelona? Um, kind of what I hinted to before with Tottenham. It's all going to depend on if Barca can buy into Kuman, uh, Kuman system. Mm-hmm. Start the season, they weren't great. 
they were like they were just completely out of form it just looked like they had no identity i guess you could say um feels like they have so many registas there with the young pianich and busquets so but to your question um they can definitely have i, I don't think um ucl is in the question um i just think that by like if if they were to come up against a team like Bayern again, it would just be a similar result like what we saw in the semifinals of of last year. And um, or sorry, I beg your pardon, the uh, quarterfinals of last year in the UCL. And then in terms of La Liga, like Atletico, like like Mark, you said it, like or Simeone's got it. He's got the guys going there. Um Joel Felix's Joel Felix and Luis Suarez have just been fantastic this season so far. And so um, it's going to be tough for Barca even to win a singular trophy um, this season. So, Maybe a one-two Copa del Rey, eh, stuff? Sorry? Maybe a Copa del Rey in there? Uh, like like a domestic trophy. Like, maybe, man. But, like, I just think that, like, if they were to match up with Madrid, 11 for 11, just Madrid just blows them out of the water. I'll just be straight up and honest. Like, in terms of – a defense through attack. Just Madrid is just a million times better on paper to made in Barca. With Griezmann underperforming, you kind of look time. at this team and 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 there's no other real options that are threatening there other than Lionel Messi. And like you yep. said, Mark, their their success is totally dependent on Messi. They don't mm-hmm. have any other player that can take the game by the bootstraps, kind of like that. And uh command command success and command victory and command results it's only messy and and to that point he doesn't really do that himself so they're really reliant on him playing well and you can it's a safe bet to to play that way because it is Lionel Messi at the end of the day but with his with the way he started the season not playing well that's why Barca didn't play well right yeah if you're too reliant on one guy we've seen it with Juventus you're just not going to go far in any tournament just the way it is um, our next one, we got Milan and Juventus. Of course, my favorite matchup of the past week. Milan beat Juve 3-1, to one, but Milan bounced back today with a 2-0 win against Torino. So I'm going to ask Steph first because I know Mark is just, you know, he cannot wait to answer this one. Is this form sustainable? Like, can Milan really win it all? In the Serie A? Yes. Absolutely. The league this year has been... I don't know why, but for some reason, it's just not on its usual. Not maybe not usual, but we've we're seeing the city out being exposed as not a great league this year. When Juve's gone down, there's not really a now like a second best team. Inter's proven time and again this year that they're not Scudetto worthy. Only playing good in one half of games throughout the year is not sustainable to get to win a Scudetto, and that's what Inter's done. In terms of Juve, it's just they're just. I feel like they're not aggressive enough, and they just that that midfield is just too mediocre. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that like Pioli, who I give so much credit to, he's done a wonderful job there. He's got all his players playing at their highest level. Um, yeah, I definitely think that Milan that this form for Milan is definitely sustainable. Um, the thing that that I really I like about Milan, even though there's not a lot that I do. Um, they're very balanced. They're very balanced. They're not, there's not really a 
an area where you can go, well, that, there you need to upgrade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe a center back. Right. But other, right. That, but other than that, they got their whole 11 for the most part playing well. Like, got a guy like Salamak who's playing at at least a moderately good level. Just like he's he's usable. You know what I mean? He can definitely start. And so it's, yeah, it's good, good for them. Uh, I think that they could definitely win the Scudetto, which is crazy. I never thought I'd be saying that. That's a hot take right there. Yeah. That is a it's hot just like take. About what? The city app? Yeah. I mean, look, I, and, I, and I agree with a lot of things you said there, but I personally, I don't see it. I don't see them doing it. And I'm going to hit their strong suits here. I mean, they have Zlatan, and they didn't sign him yeah. for his ability, right? They signed him for his mindset, for his, for his mental ability to lift and raise his team up to win yeah. games. And, and Chalanuhu, when I watched that game <laughs> – Kalinoglu, man. Kalinoglu. I don't know. My guy. Man, like, it's a complicated name. Kalinoglu. He really impressed me. That guy. He's on, he, like, like I said, Pioli's got all his players on really good form. Yeah. That, like, that guy really, really impressed me. The entire game, he was dictating the pace for, for Milano. He was shooting the ball. He was making key passes. He was all over the field. And it, it seems like this guy just emerged out of nothing, just the same as all these other Milan players that you really didn't recognize their name until all of a sudden, you know, they're 10 points up on Juventus, their first place in City. Uh, See, and that's and why, like, I have – this is my – that kind of um, portrays my argument about the City uh, being a lackluster league this year. Yeah. Because when a 39-year-old striker right now is on pace to be the MVP of your league when he was never even the MVP of the MLS – never even won a trophy in the MLS. It's not a good look on your league. Wow. Uh, I don't know. That's I just agree. my opinion. Um, I, I, I have some stuff to say about this. And right. like, and not only is it a bad look on the, like it's a bad look, it's a terrible look on Inter. It's an awful look on Inter because you spent probably three times as much money as Milan in the last three transfer windows combined you think that they should be head and shoulders above them and they're not, they're one point behind. And frankly, they shouldn't even be where they are right now. That's, that's the way four points behind. Sorry, Mark, four points behind. They won today. That's the way football is though. I mean, you never, it's never an expected result, but to that point, I don't think Zlatan is on pace to be the MVP. I think, and no offense to you, Mark, when I say this, he scores a lot of tap-ins. He scores a lot of easy goals I mean, like I said before, you're there. He's there for the motivation, for the mindset. He's not. He is there to get on the end of those, uh, on the end of those crosses, on the end of those through balls. And yes, he scored like one or two quality goals this year, but the, for the majority, they've been inside the six yard box. Our penalties, like that, is an MVP to me, in my opinion, anyways. And another thing about Milan that I just I don't. The another big reason why I don't see them winning is just they aren't that deep. And yes, yes, yeah. I understand, Mark. You're going to go crazy on me if I didn't explain myself right now. But they were riddled with COVID problems and injury problems against Juventus. I understand that. They had nobody to put on. You know, Daniele Maldini came on, right? In all respect to his father, the guy didn't do anything. He missed a wide open pass in, in the box. That could have been the tie goal. But even with all those guys back, you go up against Inter, okay? Inter bring on Ericsson. Inter bring on, you know, Barella, assuming he doesn't start. Face against Juventus. Juventus bring on Artur. Juventus bring on Kulisevsky. Juventus bring on McKinney. You can't really compete with that. And there's five subs, and Inter and Juventus can both sub on five different quality players. Milan can do three, maybe two. 
So that's, that's going to play a big part of it. So I think they're going to keep on going. They're going to keep on winning, drawing, not losing, but eventually it has to stop. It has to stop. This team is, is not as good as they are right now, as good as their, as their position shows them. And I'm coming for your head right now, Mark. So, so go ahead and say what you want to say. <laughs> All right. Well, there was a lot to take in right there. A lot, yeah. a lot of takes, a lot of things. But first off, I'm going to start with Steph's point of like, he thought that the Scudetto and Inter were disappointing this year. And that is true to an extent. But also Inter are on about the same point space that they were last year. And then they finished one point behind Juventus at the top of the table. So underperforming in big games, yes. But also you got to look at Milan stepping up their game. And if you look at the scouting department, Paolo Maldini, Jeffrey Moncada, those are our two scouters, scouting department. They're going on a strict 23 and under guys with potential upside and they can sell up and they can get more market value than what they were. Salamakers, he was bought for 7 million. Now he's worth upwards of 15, 16 million. If you look at a guy like Ben Asser came in 20 million, worth now 40, 45. And also what Juventus and Inter have lacked throughout this whole year is the to show that they could do it without Lukaku or Ronaldo playing. And Milan have had Ibra out for eight to nine games this year in a row, and they just lost against Juventus this game. Also, Ben Asser out in the Juve game. Rebic, our left winger, out in the Juve game. Then you have Salamakers out in the right wing. And then a lot of our depth, we have to play Tonali, and we have to play uh, Delo at right back because we don't have a a center mid, so we have to play Calabria in there. But once you take that out of the equation, you saw Juventus, as Ben alluded to, brought on Arthur, they brought on Kulisevsky, brought on McKenney. But the guys playing for us were our subs. These were our subs that you could bring in. Or a lot of them, if they're injured. And I think if even Ben, watching the game back, can see that at 1-1, if things go our way, if the low shot goes in, if, if we get that penalty call on Diaz, maybe it's a different game. Who knows? We can tie it up. But I think Juventus have lacked the killer instinct in Serie A. Playing oh, 100%. Against, playing up against big teams. Like, Ben's even said this to me, Steph. They, they play up against their competition. They play Barcelona, they play a good match. Mm-hmm. They play Milan, they play a good game. They play Atalanta, they play a decent they game. They play Crotone. They, they play Crotone, yeah. and then uh, Bonucci looks like a fourth a City D player. It's like Harry Maguire out there. Exactly. So, and if you're looking at Pioli, I think Pioli has a sided advantage. Maybe not Conte, but Conte has not seen to win the big games. And if Juventus is going to win their 10th straight Scudetto, you're going to be asking a lot of Pirlo, who just came in first managerial job mm-hmm. and hasn't shown any consistency as of yet. Oh, no, no. So for sure. No. For Milan, is that if all things pointed forward, if you just don't think there's going to be this fall off a cliff moment, then Milan is on pace to win the Scudetto. They're, they're, they're for sure on pace to win the Scudetto. And me, and me saying to you that they're not, that in my opinion, they're not going to win is not me telling you that Juventus is going to win. Because I don't know what's going to happen. This is the most unpredictable season, like of the last five years that I've ever I've ever witnessed. I don't know what's going to happen, and it seems to be the, a, a pattern all over the top five leagues. I don't know who's going to win the Prem. It's so close. Yeah. I don't know who's going to win Serie A. Milan is leading. Juventus is in fifth. The world is turned upside down. Who knows? Who knows? So Ben, yeah. Who do you think is going to win Serie A? <laughs> right now. Steph, I, I honestly, I don't know. Oh, I no. don't know because some part of me, I truly believe that come February, come March, Milan is going to start drawing games and not losing. And it's not going to be a fall off the cliff moment and a sudden huge drop. It's going to be like, wow, they just tied three games in a row. Inter and Juventus have won two of their last three. 
And that's how it starts. And that's how it starts. It's little things like that is where you lose the title. Is it going to be close in the end? Come match day 38? Yes, it's going to be extremely close. And Milan are going to finish top four. They're going to be back in the Champions League after a seven-year-long wait. 1,000%. But will they win the league? Will they win the, the Scudetto? I don't think so. I don't. But to my, point, to my point there, to Steph's point, I have no idea who's going to win. But if you have to put your money on one team winning? Put money on one team winning right now? Like current, based on current form right now, my, my mind is telling me Milan. My, my gut is telling me somebody weird, like, like Napoli or something like that, or Inter. Just, I'm just feeling it out because it's so unpredictable. I'm trying to bet on all the odds I can here. I just, I, I don't see Milan winning. I, I really don't. And if they do, they should really see Milan should really capitalize on this moment they have right now. You got a depleted Juventus who are now missing Delict at the back. So their frailties are absolutely huge in that back line. Although you can play Demiral, you can play Frabota, who's okay. You can play Danilo, who's had an amazing season so far. That we can all agree on. <laughs> they still do not have any consistency at all. They don't have a shred of consistency. A consistency. In the midfield. In the midfield and the defense, the only player on that team, the only two players on that team who are playing consistent on the offensive end are Morata and Ronaldo. And that's it. That is it. And if that's the only consistency you can find in the offensive half, then when one of those guys are missing, you're going to have a lot of problems. When you look at Milan, Zlatan scoring. Chalanuglu is playing amazing. Yeah. Right? Liao is playing fantastic. He's ripping it up. Teo Hernandez had his first bad game of the season against Juventus. That does play into their favor. Oh, uh, not is he talking about the Inter game? Nah, nah, nah. Well, hey, I mean, his first really bad game, I should yeah, say. Yeah, like he, he was all over the place. Hakimi, yeah. you know, I was waiting. I was waiting for the Hakimi masterclass. Hakimi's a good player. I mean, right? okay, well, we'll stay on top. If you want to get the Hakimi after, I'll, I'll, I'll go off on that. Let's, let's, let's move on because I don't. Steph, what's going on, Akimi? As soon as you start talking, Inter, Steph is just going to rip into his team. It's going to happen. Um, switching to the EPL now. Manchester United, second place, tied for points with Liverpool, one game in hand. They have one game in hand on Leicester City, who's in third place, and there are four points up on Tottenham in fourth. Is this team going to win the Prem? I'll go on this one. Um, it's funny because when you had me on in November – yeah. We were talking about, like, Manchester United and Skullshar getting sacked. We were. We were talking but, about But, like, that. man, they have completely, completely flipped the switch. 100%. Bruno, if he keeps up on his current form, he could win Ballon d'Or. He is, he is absolutely disgusting. He could easily win the Ballon d'Or if he keeps his current form up and United win the Premier League. He's absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen a Cam perform at this level since Schneider in 2010. De Bruyne? Or like, De, well, he might be even, like, think about it, man. He's, He's absolutely putting that team on his back. Yep, that's true. He's absolutely putting the team. Like, who's really in good form besides him on that team? Think about it. Hey, right? it's like Rashford. Okay, I'll give you Rashford. I'll give you Rashford. Maybe. Pogba is like McTominay's in okay form, but nobody's got form like Bruno right now. Nobody. Who's been con- who's been in consistent form throughout the season on Manchester Nobody. United? Nobody. Nobody. Bruno has put that team on his back, and you know what? Last season, like he, he was very one-dimensional, 
And um, he was, he wasn't really a playmaking cam. He was more of just a scoring cam, but this season, man, he's been everything you want. And yeah, I think that United could definitely uh, win the Premier League. It's, it's possible. And for me, for me, it just comes down to uh, if Bruno again can, 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 you know, sustain his personal form, but you gotta, they got, they all, they just signed Diallo. You have Pogba who's in, who's playing well. He's playing like he has something to fight for, even though he's, you know, 99% leaving in the summer. Mm-hmm. He's playing like he actually wants to be at, at Manchester right now. Ole, like, like you said, Steph, in November, we were ripping him. Yeah. We were talking so much smack about him on this podcast, mm-hmm. saying he's going to go, he's a terrible coach, this, that. And then now, like you said, it's just a complete 180. And yep. all credit goes to Bruno Fernandes. So I, with a guy like, the yeah, majority, yeah, majority of the credit. But you got Bruno, you got Bruno, who is, I would say, probably the best cam in the world right now. I don't think, Easy. I don't there's think, really a debate. Yeah, well, well, this is Kevin De Bruyne is still having a great season, but Bruno is just all over the place. You mm-hmm. got guys like Bruno. That team has a lot of talent: Rashford, Cavani, Greenwood, Martial. You know, Pogba, McTominay's been playing well. They just signed Diallo. Van de Beek is always on the bench, but if you if you put him on a few games, he gets into form. He's a really skilled player. They can for sure win the league, especially in a year like this, where Liverpool is playing okay and Van Dyke is out for months on end. And when they come up against Liverpool next week, I think they're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. I totally think they're going to wow. win. I'm taking them, man. Like, who, wow. who's going who's gonna to stop Bruno if, if Van Dyke's back there? They started, Liverpool started Fabinho and Henderson in the back line of center backs. Two center mid. Fabinho's a good center back. Hendo is. I'll, 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 granted, I was going to say, yeah, Fabinho is a, a, like a defensive midfielder and he yep. can play center back. He's stepped up to the plate. But Henderson, as a center back, Tough, like, that's how thin they are at the back line. Tough. You, you put Henderson against Bruno Fernandez, Henderson is going to be, he's going to have both ankles broken come the half. Come halftime, he's going to be out. They're going to take him out. He's going to be out of energy because he's going to be chasing Bruno all over the field, and, man, you're going to be up 3-0. They're going to, like, if they don't, they got to they gotta sign somebody in the next week. They got to figure out if they're going to play three at the back, if they're going to put five at the back, because Bruno, it, containing Bruno Fernandez right now is the hardest thing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, you had anything to say about this? No, I, I agree with the fact of, like, Man United and Bruno's obviously playing unreal, even from last year, January. But if you're looking at it, they have to improve that defense. Like Maguire, Lindelof, mm-hmm. that's not a pair that makes you scream confidence when you're going to win the league. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think one team that we're all forgetting about is really Man City. They've fixed their defensive problems. Ruben Diaz, exceptional signing for them. Mm-hmm. Great Portuguese talent right now, and he's, he's going to be really uh, highly sought after after the Euros, I think. 100%. Then you have Laporte there. Hopefully, John Stone's playing better now. And if Pep actually has his team playing and hitting on all cylinders – I think they're even the threat above Liverpool because Liverpool have shown even against Aston Villa youth team, somebody can score. And you go from Louis Berry to Bruno, it's difficult. But Man City have the depth over Man United. That's what I'd say. No, they got – Man City have two squads, and they've had two squads, two A-list squads for the past four years. But um, the other thing – you just reminded me of it when they they lost against Southampton. What did Klopp say about not getting penalties like Man U gets? Yeah, he said like, some. You know, I like Klopp as a coach. I'd love to play for him. He's a little bit of a sore loser. He's a little bit of a sore loser. Like, relax. Okay, we, we know. One year you won the Champions League, year after you won the EPL. You know, you're hot stuff right now. 
but calm it down a little bit. That whole Liverpool team is like that. When I see Alexander Arnold play, he's just, you know, such a mean spirited guy on the pitch. <laughs> Every tackle is in your face. Him and Andy Robertson, they're in your face. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have, you've had two good years of, 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 of playing fullback. You're forgetting like guys like Marcelo, guys like back in the day, like Mykon for Inter. We're ruling the roost. You've had this. You've had the crown for two years now. Calm down. That's the I, whole I agree with that. around the team. I don't really like it. Um, we got about five minutes left. Bayern lost their first game in 21 competitive matches. This is going to be a quick one. Do you guys think this is the start of a downfall, or are they just going to, you know, pull a Bayern and and just rebound from this and win another 21 straight? Uh, what do you think, Steph? Do you want me to go for it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, so I think Bayern, if we're looking at it, Bayern, a blip in the radar. Munch and Ladback, obviously a good team. But, you know, as we saw with – I want to keep talking about Milan. But Milan, all streaks come to an end. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest deal in the world. And if you look at their whole team, they have the best depth in Europe. And you saw that last year when Kimmich was playing. Kimmich was in the, mid, in the midfield. You had, like, uh, what is it, Alfonso Davies left back. T- Lucas Hernandez is there too. Mm-hmm. Then you got up front, Gnabry, they added Sané, Lewandowski yeah. on an unreal pace. So it's hard to see them actually, like, dropping off a cliff. But I do believe that with Alaba possibly leaving to Real Madrid, that definitely they'll need to up the center backs because Sula is not enough. <laughs> he's a little slow. He's, he's a, a little, solid, solid guy, but he's a little slow. And they do play a very high back line. And David Alaba's pace was so crucial to that playing style. Mm-hmm. Anything, Steph? Uh, yeah, their, their bench, as far as, like, what they had last year in the Champions League and now, like, this year, they've lost a few guys. And uh, to lose now a guy like Alaba, that's going to be pretty big, man. That's, like, you're going to have to start thinking about playing, like, Benji Pavel at, at center back. <laughs> I love the accents. Uh, no, nah, yeah, it's fine. Um but uh, it's it, they're kind of thin. They're they they're playing a lot of youth academy players like Xerxes this year, and uh, yeah. But uh, to your question about are they gonna be fine? Yeah, they're, they're they fine. they've dominated that league for 15 years, so I have no Bayern. doubt in my mind that they're gonna be a okay. It's Bayern Munich. Yeah, Bayern, like they're gonna bounce, but they're probably gonna make it to the UCL final. They're probably going to win the tournament again. Um, we have three minutes, Steph. You are going to talk about Inter and say whatever's no, on your point. mind. You're going to rip Inter. Go ahead. Um, I'll let you know when we're one minute down. <laughs> Anything where do you want, where do you want me to start? Because, like, Let's, you guys said, like, they have an incredible bench, but they really don't because Vidal's a piece of garbage. Um, they don't feed the ball to Hakimi. They still play 3-4-1-2. Lukaku's the only reason why we have, like, we're winning games. Lautaro's non-existent. Scrinier's too slow. And Danovich looks old. Oh we still don't God. have a left wing back. Okay, okay. Hold Lozovic on. Lozovic is overrated. Yeah, one, I'm done. One dream signing for Inter to fix One? It. Who is it? One? <laughs> we need about, excuse me, we need about okay. seven. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so you got one. Um, I'll give you three. I'll give you three. To fix the squad. And no, just, just one's fine. One's fine. Um, He's definitely going midfield. I already know. I feel yeah, no, 100%. Um, I'll say Pogba. I'll say Pogba. I think the success that he had in the city, I mean, um, when you see, when you see Lukaku, he's a very genetically gifted um, player. And I think Pogba's kind of like the same breed, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Very genetically gifted, and he'll be able to 
bully around those the guys in the city, I guess, which is very key. Well, I mean, that was about 30 seconds of just just ripping on your favorite team, but you know, it gets yeah. like that sometimes. Gentlemen, yeah. I'd like to thank you very much for coming on once again. You guys are both great <laughs> guests. So we will see you next week with another episode of the Footy Fix. Thank you again for coming on, boys. Appreciate no problem. It.